which is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women. I am so excited today to be talking with Naomi Shaw, who's the founder and CEO of Meet Cute. And I love a good rom-com. I think most people do. So let's talk now with Naomi about the newest iteration of rom-coms. Naomi, welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. So I'm so excited to talk with you. And I can't wait to jump in talking about Meet Cute. But before we do, could you give us just a little brief overview of how you got to the place of founding Meet Cute? Sure, yes. I um, I started my career at Goldman Sachs, actually. So very different um, vibe and what I thought was uh, my initial career path. Um, and I was on the trading floor trading equity ETFs. So like you can imagine like the most bustling corporate environment. And I quickly realized that, you know, I, I missed like the creative side of building and kind of like the early conversations that founders go through to to come to an idea. I feel like I was a lot closer to that um, when I was in school and I studied engineering. And a lot of my background was in like building products and understanding how products worked. Um, so I left Goldman to move into venture capital. And while I was at um, a VC in New York called Union Square Ventures, I focused a lot on companies that impacted human well being. So that could be healthcare companies, mental health companies. And then soon I realized that there was this kind of like untouched part of VC that was media and entertainment. I think there's a lot more VC money flowing into that today than maybe even like three to five years ago. Uh, but within that, I thought there was this really cool opportunity to build a company that was catered towards um, like Gen Z and millennial audiences, used audio as a primary format, which is so accessible and so on the go for most people and focused on a feel-good genre. Um, in our case, that's romantic comedies. And so I was inspired by a lot of the founders that I worked with while I was in VC and decided to take the leap into founding my own company. So tell us about your own company. So Meet Cute is an entertainment brand. We make lots of different content in romantic comedies. Um, one path of con or one type of content that we make is audio series. So every month we release a new 90 minute show broken into six 15 minute parts. And so people can come to meet cute's audio feeds on Apple podcasts and Spotify and dive into these worlds, with new characters and new settings every month. We also are creating a lot of content for social and video. So on Instagram reels, TikToks, YouTube shorts, um, you can find meet cute content and we're really just trying to be like the everyday entertainment company where whenever you're scrolling or you have a quick 15 minute break, you can come to meet cute and we'll, we'll have content that makes you feel good. Um, so rethinking kind of what entertainment is for younger generations and uh, making it really accessible on phones. So, and you have a lot of great talent on the site, right? Who are some of the people that have been a part of it? Yes. Um, our creative network is over a thousand people, including writers, directors, producers. Um, in the last few months, we've worked with people like Jaritha Chandran from Bridgerton. Um, we have a new exciting uh, talent coming in our, our Valentine's Day series, which we shouldn't, we should be announcing very soon. Uh, we've worked with Lisa Loeb. We've worked with Julianne Huff, Amy Sedaris. Um, so a lot of names that people recognize, but also a lot of really, really talented people that 
people don't know of yet and that we're hoping really um, kind of find their their voice in their platform through participating in Meet Cute Stories. So I said at the beginning, I'm a fan of rom-coms. I think so many people are. What is it about them that people love so much? I think there's a couple things and I agree with you. I could sit down and watch a rom-com almost any day. Um, this one, I think surprises people, but the predictability of it is very craveable. Um, what I mean by that is when you're watching a rom-com, you naturally go through different emotions. There is, when you meet the characters, you relate to them. There is conflict, there's heartbreak, there's usually a journey, some resolution, and then the happily ever after. And we know that every rom-com is going to have those components. And so that becomes really predictable. So people often will complete the entirety of a meet cute series because they're waiting for that happily ever after or that happily for now moment that makes them feel good. And so it really is hormonal. It's like the dopamine and the serotonin released in our brains when we experience joy um, that I think keeps people coming back. And then the other the other part of it that I think is very important today, especially, is that it's a genre that's very accessible and also has a really great opportunity to bring a lot of different communities into the storylines. Um, so representation and inclusion um, we're seeing is very forefront for a lot of writers and authors, um, as well as behind the scenes, you know, when it comes to production, casting, it's been really great to be able to kind of be at the forefront of that um, and tell stories of people of different backgrounds and cultures that haven't been uh, center stage before. Sort of like even in Bridgerton, right, where they, you know, cast actors that wouldn't normally have been cast in those kind of period pieces. Absolutely. I think it's really powerful. Like Bridgerton's a good example, even in Hamilton, not a rom-com, but like it just makes you think about the content in such a different way. And there are so many creative ways to bring um, talent that hasn't gotten those opportunities into both video and audio shows today. So th this is a period of time, obviously, in the world that is just so... I don't even know what I was going to say bananas so dark so, so dark so why did you decide and I think you talked about it a little bit you know but but why did you decide to to start a company and clearly with your background you're incredibly astute you know why did you decide to start a company that was about feeling good but really escapism also great question to your point, absolutely. I think the doom scrolling is a huge part of how people spend their time today, just reading news headlines. Um, there's also a lot of conversation publicly about how depression, anxiety, um, and thankfully therapy are also all on the rise. And a lot of it is because of social media and how isolated we are. The pandemic was definitely a part of that. Um, and so building a community around content that's feel good in nature feels like a very positive thing for the world. And not only do I think it's a really good thing for the world, I think that it is a massive business opportunity because people are craving it. And so both like the logical side of my brain and the emotional side of my brain are like, this feels big. This is something the world needs. So why not approach it through entertainment? 
Um, and I think that that is a really authentic way to approach it because humans love storytelling and feel good storytelling, especially. It feels good to me too. So we're on to something new, Naomi. But let, let's talk about this. I mean, you've come up with an entertainment model that's different in a lot of ways. And it, it's a risk, you know, it's a risk to get attention these days when people are doom scrolling or just scrolling. It's difficult to keep attention. How are you doing it? Attention is the most important part of what we do. And a really big part of our process is what we call like listening to the audience. Um, so that's making decisions about what we're going to make and um, how we're going to make it that are based on learnings from how previous content has performed. Uh, so our model is very volume-based. We release a lot of content every single week and month out into the world. And then we look at the data about the metadata and the data about what themes, topics, style of content is going out and how our audience is responding, whether it's um, how many downloads or impressions we get on a certain video or piece of audio, um, where do people drop off in that specific uh, clip or audio segment. And we're looking at it so granularly that we're able to pull insights and trends out of our consumption data that then tell us what people want more of, what's really hitting with audiences today. and so. Our model is based on the idea that we can make decisions with data that inform better and better creative. So every time we put a new story out there, theoretically, it should be better and stronger and more in line with audience values than the one before. And I think that that's a pretty, you can start to see like the engineering side of my brain coming in here. So it's like marrying that with creative and really strong storytellers. That is the sweet spot of Meet Cute. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're the perfect person to do it. So I want to ask you both from your personal experience and then your experience in the VC world, if you talk to people that have an idea for something different, how would you tell them to proceed? And is this even a good time to try? I think this is a great time. Um, and the reason I think that is right now, really good ideas shine through. Um, there is a lot less noise in the market. Um, there's a lot less capital flowing, which is a hardship for sure. But I also think that people are looking for really, really great ideas. And so my advice would be to start it as a project, um, spend time on it, create a little website, create a prototype for a web app, launch the podcast, um, post something on Typeform and get people's feedback and responses. I think that just being able to like put something like a V1 prototype out in the world and get feedback on it is the best way to, to learn. At the very beginning of Meet Cute, we did that by building out a few shows, putting them out there before we even launched a name for our company or branding or had a website. We were already putting content out in the world. And at first, like there were very few listens on it. It was us sending it to our friends, our family, peripheral friends, having them send it out to people. But slowly and surely, we got a lot of feedback. And so those first three to six months were really just us learning and gathering information. And I think there's almost like no reason not to start if you have a really good idea. Don't let market variables in the economic downturn um, stop you from trying to build something. You said something that I just want to ask you about because it's something that I've heard from different guests in different ways. 
So you did that. And that in a way makes you vulnerable because this is something you feel very passionately about. Clearly, you felt very passionate about and you were asking for feedback. And I'm sure there was a ton of positive feedback, but I'm sure you got some feedback that wasn't positive. How did you deal with that? And did it ever discourage you in a way where you thought, I don't want to do this anymore? You know, this was a good idea, but did you almost want to give up or no? I love this question because yes, um, there were conversations that we had with people where, um, just to backtrack a tiny bit, every one of our episodes is exactly 15 minutes long. And at the point where I was asking for feedback from the community, um, 15 minute audio shorts was very different than the content that was out there. Audible was publishing like eight to 10 hour long books. And so I remember sitting down in this one conversation and asking for feedback from this person that I really respected in the industry. And they were like, it's never going to work. 15 minutes is too short. You can't build up the characters, the storyline. No one is going to care about this type of content. And it, it definitely like impacts you because especially as a founder and like a founding team, I think there's so much ownership tied up in the idea that it feels like someone is like insulting your baby or right. like, it's like a personal attack. Um, and I think that like one of the things that I had to learn very early on is being resilient to that and how to filter comments that came to me where some of them I take to heart and we change how we operate based on them. And I, and I kind of know like who those people are, um, what those comments look like. And, and I do take time to think about it and actually try and filter it. And then there's like probably 75% of comments that, you know, when we're out fundraising or when we're out talking to other investors or other people in the industry, people will give me comments and feedback and I will filter them into the like, no pile. Like, I'm not going to spend time thinking about it. This is going to be a distraction. It's going to take us off our course. And it was very difficult. There were many days where I was, I felt like, is this, are we making the right decisions? Like, is this even the right market? Like, is this going to work? But then I look back and those like hard moments of me like filtering into the no pile or into the yes pile are truly some of the moments that I'm the most proud of because had we not stuck with the format that we had conviction in, then we wouldn't have built a library of like 450 stories today. Right. And so our early team, we talk about this a lot. It kind of felt like we were pushing a boulder up a hill. Like people didn't really understand what we were doing at the time, but we just like kept doing it because we had conviction in it. Um, taking feedback from people we trusted, filtering away feedback from people that we were like, okay, like heard, but don't need to act on this. And those were really hard, but I'm very proud of the way that we kind of, you know, push those away and just stayed focused on what we were doing. So what do you do? You know, there's a million things coming out you as a founder all the time. And what do you do either based on feedback or based on just 8 zillion emails that you're getting or things you need to do? What do you do when you just feel completely overwhelmed? I found that writing really helps clear my brain. I think when I feel overwhelmed, it's because I have all these like thoughts swirling and I haven't articulated them. And so I don't write publicly very often. Some founders really get, like find a lot of benefit from that. Um, I actually write privately a lot. Um, so every morning I have this like very quick like journaling practice. And that helps me just get thoughts that are circling in my brain down on paper after really big meetings, like investor meetings or um, really big team brainstorms or creative meetings. I often like jot down notes and I just find that that process of like 
taking something amorphous and translating it to something that I can read um, helps so much and, and is like a great way to deal with overwhelming feelings. And then the other one is going on a walk, like a five minute walk around the block does wonders for my mental health. And listening to a rom-com while you do it from me cute. Exactly. On your walk. <laughs> a few chapters of a rom-com and, um, and yeah, just like some fresh air, like truly the escapism works. So if creators, you mentioned you work with many, you know, over a thousand creators, if they want to be in touch with Meet Cute with their content, are you open to it? And if so, how do they go about it? Yeah, really, really good question. So we work with writers, directors, actors. Um, the easiest way is just to email us at our general um, at Meet Cute email address. It's on our website. Um, and and also like, you know, we're always looking for new content. So it could be in audio, it could be in video. Um, and so that is the easiest way to get in touch with us. We do filter through so many of those emails. Um, but we love finding new voices and new creators to work with and truly can be anywhere because we have a very global, remote, um, creative network. So that's the easiest way to get in touch. So you mentioned your website. Can you tell us how to, where to go to get there? Instagram, how do we follow everything that's happening at your company? We try to be everywhere. So website is www.meetcute.com. And there you'll find all of our shows. You'll find our video content, some behind the scenes, um, blog style content and our contact. Um, for all of our audio content, anywhere that people listen to podcasts, the main ones are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher, wherever you get audio content. If you search for Meet Cute Rom-Coms, you'll see our main feed. We also have a bunch of shows that we spin off of our main feed. And if something looks interesting to you from our website, but you want to listen to it on your phone, you can just search for that title on your phone and you'll find the feed for that show. And then all socials. So Instagram, TikTok, YouTube shorts, you can follow us there and follow along with all of our new shows. We release a lot of promotional content there, as well as just some really good, like feel good, rom-com adjacent, um, video content. And so socials are a really good way to stay in touch with us. People can DM us there too. And, and we're very responsive. See, so you said Spotify, Apple podcasts, as soon as people are done listening to this on one of those platforms, if you have a few more minutes, you can click 15 more minutes, you can click over for a quick rom yes. So two more things. One, I just love to hear what's next for me, cute. Next for Meet Cute, we're, as, as we talked about, we're working with a lot of really great talent and we'd love to continue to find more talent to bring into our shows. Um, what I'm spending a lot of time on is building out relationships in Hollywood. Meet Cute has received interest for option deals, both in like TV and film. And uh, we're also thinking about books. And so thinking about ways that we can take the IP that we've created here and make it accessible in multiple formats um, and different avenues for people to consume the same content. Um, so really trying to build out kind of like a larger media business around the audio and social content um, business that we've already created. And that requires a lot of partnerships and biz dev. So that's where we're spending a lot of our time today. And then I would say like the other exciting thing that we're working on is um, we're working on more kind of like in-house produced 
video content. So like not just camera facing social content, but also really thinking about what that looks like to have TikTok and Instagram reels as a TV channel uh, where you can consume really high quality, well-produced content on your phone. It all sounds really exciting. So before you go, I just want to ask you one last thing, which I like to ask everyone who comes to talk with us, which is, is there one piece of advice that has helped guide you through your life and your career so far that you can share with us? I would say my one piece of advice, if I were had to distill it down to one, is have conviction in what you believe in. Um, and I think that dovetails nicely with what we talked about with like early feedback being difficult and, you know, potentially challenging, but still powering through that. I also think that even earlier in my life, like before I even had a career, like being strong headed about the things I believed in has helped me in a lot of ways and kind of defined some of the key moments in my life I'm really proud of. So I would say that one, uh, strong convictions and fighting for what you believe in. I love it. Well, it's working so well for you and I can't wait to see what else comes next. So thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you. This was really fun.